The running back position is coming to a close here on Locked on Dolphins. Our final thoughts on the running back position for the Dolphins' two day two selections at 51 and 84. What do the final rankings look like? Where would we draft each one of these players? And how do they stack against all the positions that the Dolphins have as primary needs entering the 2023 draft? You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, what is going on? Welcome to yet another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. This is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. We're about two weeks away from the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. We're dialed in. We're finishing running backs here today on this Tuesday episode of the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. A lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, decade-long draft Nick, the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino, a podcast dedicated to team building across the entirety of the NFL. And you can find us on YouTube. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And you can find Locked On Dolphins here daily on the grind looking to get these position groups knocked out. We have done, to this point in the pre-draft build-up, positional spotlights on tight ends, offensive tackles, and running backs. Now, we still have interior offensive linemen to look at, but after today's show, we're going to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to look at interior defensive linemen and linebackers as our next wave, and our objective is to get another 30-something prospects done ahead of the 2023 NFL draft, which means we're going to be pretty busy here on Locked on Dolphins. So you're going to make sure you keep it locked in. So without further ado, let's talk about the running back class in its totality. I did 11 players in total. Uh, some really likable talents. Uh, I unfortunately tortured myself with watching B. John Robinson. He'll be off the board by the time the Dolphins pick. He is the lone untouchable in the conversation that we are going to have. The other names, uh, Charbonnet, UCLA, Brown, Illinois, Abanacanda, Pittsburgh, Spears, Tulane, Achain, A&M, Sean Tucker, Syracuse, Xavier Valade, Arizona State, Kendra Miller, TCU, Kenny McIntosh, Georgia. These guys have all gotten, well, most of these guys, I should say, have gotten their time in the sun. Some of these guys who scored a little bit lower on the board, we didn't do the deep dive on after I watched because... We got to keep the line moving. Um, but I think any conversation that, that starts with the running back position in its totality needs to acknowledge the incumbents, the players who have been brought back into the fray. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, two-year deals for each one of these players. I'm grading these players on a 100-point scale. And here's the guys you got to beat. And depending on what style of runner you are, you're going to go into either the Raheem Mostert bucket or the Jeff Wilson bucket because they are very different stylistic runners. Now, Raheem Mostert scores is an 83.3 out of 100 possible points. Here's the good news. There's two backs in this class that graded better than an 83.3. Now, that's a projection, but that means I think there's two viable upgrades at the running back position for the best running back on your roster. If you are Jeff Wilson, 
78.89, so almost a 79, there are five running backs that scored higher than you did in this class, but only one of them fits the archetype of the kind of runner that you are. So that's what creates what is, in my mind, this really interesting dynamic of the running backs is... This, this is not a one-size-fits-all backfield for Miami. There's different roles and different responsibilities depending on the concept. Jeff Wilson is much more physical runner. Raheem Mostert is much more explosive to the corner. But I like this group. I like this group a lot. Bijan Robinson, 93. He's untouchable. It'll be the last time I say his name because it hurts my heart just as much as it probably hurts yours to consider if the Dolphins had their pick in the first round. He might have been in play for Miami. Might have been. I think predictively, I'd expect he probably goes before that, but that's neither here nor there. Jameer Gibbs is the one for me that is the clear and obvious upgrade because he's young. He's even more diverse in the passing game. If this this player is immediately, and and we'll get into pathways of drafting each here uh, in, in just a little bit, but... Jameer Gibbs, for me, is the one clear and obvious name that goes up on the list, and it's your short list for 51. And the full updated big board that we're going to talk about in segment three is effectively the punch list where I've got, like, four names. And if one of those four names is on the board at 51, I'm doing backflips. Now, maybe somebody who grades well but I'm predicting won't be there slides... In which case, great, there's, there's more competition. But Jameer Gibbs has a separation of more than four points between himself as the second running back, but the first that predictably I think has a chance to be there at 51, and the next best available runner. As a case in point, the separation of four points between him and the third running back on the chart, there's one, two, three, four, five running backs separated by the next four points. So in 86 and 82 and then 82 to 78, there's five backs in that group. Scored specifically for the dynamic of the Dolphins. Who those backs are? Jameer Gibbs is my number one available at 51 option. Presuming he is available. Israel Abanagana from Pittsburgh, and I know I'm high. And I know I'm higher than the consensus here. But Abandicana, for me, is the next best fit for the Dolphins system, and he scored as an 82. So he, in my mind, is very comparable to what you have available with Raheem Mostert, but no familiarity in the system and needing to get a little bit better with his vision. Tajay Spears is my third back. He's an 81 and a half, so close. There's a medical question here. As a recap, if you listen to each one of the positional de- or the player deep dives, some of this initial information might sound familiar, but there's some big picture thoughts when we put all the pieces of the puzzle together that are new for this show. From an instincts perspective, this is probably the best of the bunch, but there's a medical question here with an ACL tear and a meniscus tear from a couple years ago that has some teams leery on the medicals. Zach Charbonnet is the Jeff Wilson bucket player. I think the rest of these guys are more Raheem Mostert. 
Charbonnet at an 81.1 scored better than Jeff Wilson. If you want an improvement over Jeff Wilson, Charbonnet is the name that has to be on the board. And I think any of the back in this class, you can get a comparable style of runner, but I don't think you're going to get an upgrade. So you have two backs, excluding the guy at the top, in my mind, who are definitive upgrades over a role that you have on the roster right now. And there's some teams, like the New England Patriots, have done this for a really long time in, in talking to people around the space who are familiar with how New England builds a draft board. They've got 53 individual described roles, right? And if you're a player, they ask, okay, what role does he fill of the 53 roster spots? And if you don't serve as an upgrade over the player that they currently have, you don't go on the draft board. Now, that's not to say Chase Brown or Devin Achain or Sean Tucker or Xavier Valade, like they're not going to push Savan Ahmed or they're not going to push Miles Gaskin and be upgrades over those players. But I'm just looking at the two dudes at the top of the depth chart with the inside zone and the power run game and the outside zone and the speed to the perimeter. Now, the guys we think are going to be level 51, Jameer Gibbs is your upgrade over Raheem Mostert. And I think that's your only option to upgrade over Raheem Mostert immediately. Now, you can get close, but the immediate upgrade is Gibbs. And Charbonnet is the immediate upgrade over Jeff Wilson for that role within the Dolphins' offense as well. So that's the path uh, to upgrading each. Chase Brown is the next running back, uh, RB5 of the ones that we're expecting to be available at pick number 51. And then you get into day three, guys. I think those, those five, Gibbs, Abanacanda, Spears, Charbonnet, and Brown, are the ones that I would have any appetite for drafting on day two at all. I like Devin Achain as a schemed touches type of player and multi-tool weapon with special teams ability. I like Sean Tucker as a developmental type of Jeff Wilson type runner but the vision's not there yet. Xavier Valade, I really like as a developmental type runner, but that's a late draft pick type of player. Predictively, with no NFL Combine invite, that player might not get invited at all. I, I realized I omitted uh, Kenny McIntosh. I think Kenny McIntosh just doesn't have a, a trait to hang his hat on. I think he's a solid player. Kind of like Kendra Miller, but he's, uh, I think, more fluid than Kendra Miller. Uh, so he's also like an early day three right there with Devin Achain would be where I would stack Kenny McIntosh amongst this group as well. If you look at the NFL roster assessments, that's another conversation. And that's what we're going to start with when we talk about pathway to drafting each one of these players. But before we get there, grand slams, double plays, strikeouts, no hitters, they're all back. Which is why you need to step up to the plate with our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers who do step up to the plate get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't hit. Go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up, place your first bet, and get a $1,000 back bonus bet bonus if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
So the way that I graded these guys, the way they ended up scoring, not from a number scale, but from a current assessment of what they would be on an NFL roster. Now, they're going to go on the roster assessment sheet as a rookie and a to-be-determined. But if I had to give my current guess, I think Jameer Gibbs would step into the NFL and be a quality starter from the jump. I think the other four guys that we identified as day two options would be adequate starters from the jump, or at least adequate starting level snaps, realizing some of these guys will be in rotational roles. McIntosh, Achain, Tucker, I think they're quality depth pieces. I think Tucker has the highest ceiling of all three of those players as early day three types. Uh, Xavier Valade and Kendra Miller right now for me, I think are replacement level projections, but could develop into adequate level NFL starters at the running back position. And Valade with, with the athletic profile that he has, with that level of upward mobility in what he's grading as now versus what I think he could be, that's the kind of guy you want to bet on late in the draft. What's the pathway to drafting these guys on day two? I have some parameters here, uh, and I'll share them for anybody that's up on the YouTube channel uh, so you guys can see the visual illustration here of where my thoughts are at with this class. Because of the surplus between 82 and 78 in the evaluation, so effectively round three and round four backs. I think there's really only one player that I would advocate for drafting at the running back position at 51. And it is Jameer Gibbs with that 86 out of 100 evaluation and somebody who I think is a quality starter right away because he's the upgrade. He's getting you better at the top spot on your depth chart at a certain position. If none of the other guys can afford that, then the value at 51 probably isn't ideal. So then I look at Israel Abanacanda and Tajay Spears and Zach Charbonnet as guys that scored above an 80 that I think are adequate level starters entering into the NFL in the right situation. And they're so closely bunched together, right? The three of them are separated by 1.1 points out of a 100-point scale. They're all very comparable. If you get on the board at 51 and Jameer Gibbs is gone and the other players that are kind of your short list are gone, whether it's Darnell Washington or Sam Laporta or Matthew Bergeron or Dewan Jones or whoever else that you want to concoct is a, it would be your utopian selection at 51 and they're all gone. The board breaks terrible for the Dolphins. And you're like, well, we like these backs. There's a world where a Banacanda or Spears could be the best available back in their evaluation or Charbonnet if they want to go the Jeff Wilson improvement route. But the fact that there's so many options, if this is the best player available, whichever of these three they evaluate is, is the best of the bunch, I'm advocating trading down from 51. And we kind of heard some rumors from Rosenhaus over the past couple of days that he thinks Miami would be more likely to trade down and allocate more draft selections. And that's where things get pretty fun and pretty interesting And what I want to do next in tandem with some of my interior defensive line studies is I want to do the study on the day two trades 
and what kind of return teams are getting to trade down 10, 15 spots on day two, particularly in the early 50s range. And once those numbers are collected, we'll throw it together. It's going to be a resource that's available for the, the people on the subtext community. Uh, if you're not familiar with subtext, text DOLPHINS to 305-419-3924. That's DOLPHINS to 305-419-3924. Sign up, get to text DOLPHINS with me, get your first two weeks for free with some behind-the-scenes resources available. If you decide it's not for you, cancel. No worries. No cash out of your pocket. And if you like it, it's a couple bucks a month. But they get access to some of the show notes and the full tables of research that I'm doing for these topics that we end up covering on the show. And I want to put that together. Because Miami, hey, if you get to 51 and a band of can of Spears and Charbonnet are all on the board and you decide, eh, it doesn't matter in my mind whether or not we're upgrading or, or we're getting competition for Mostert or for upgrading Wilson, it's going to be back 2.5 in the backfield, but we really like these guys and we don't want to drop out of a position where we give ourselves no contention to land any of the three. You might be able to go 15 spots. Now, if you say, hey, I, I really put Chase Brown in the same bucket, and I'm not phased at the fact that he's an extra point and a half lower than Charbonnet and Tajay Spears. That would be your last option in my mind. I think Chase Brown, while he's built low to the ground, while he's explosive, he was extremely productive. I think he gives you less in the passing game and less in pass protection than the other three players combined. And there's some ball, some ball security stuff there. But from a skill set and a runner's perspective as an early down player and fitting within the Dolphin system, Chase Brown, in my mind, would be the in-case-of-emergency break-glass player that you would say, well, if we trade down and Abanacan and Spears and Charbonnet are all gone and I still want to back on day two, Chase Brown would be the one that I would put the Sharpie around his name to say, let's come back at pick 84 and draft this guy to make sure we're getting some young competition into that room with the veterans that we've assembled. It's just my, that, that's how I would tackle it. And, and we're going to build this out for the rest of the position groups. I want to do guards. Uh, I want to do defensive tackles and I want to do linebackers. And then I want to kind of do a couple miscellaneous players at non-traditional areas of need for the dolphins. And then we're going to stack the whole board up and the week of the draft. We're going to say, look, this is what my board looks like. This is where I draft these dudes this would be my strategy. I have this short list of eight players and I want the best available of these eight at 51. And if they're all gone, I'm moving down, period. Because I don't feel like the valuation of the player is going to line up with the value of the pick that I'm in investing. Now, if I move down 10 spots, I get the same player that would be next on my list and I replace the missing value with an extra fourth round draft pick. That's how you play the game. And that's the plan. That's the strategy. So it's fun stuff, man. I love this stuff. I love the strategy that is involved in all of this. And, and speaking of strategy, if you enjoy the strategy, if you enjoy the, uh, the hypotheticals and the, the game of guts that it takes to do this and do it well, maybe football, ultimate football GM, is a game that you would like to try. We have raved about this game on this show, and the reason why is it's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty, but Ultimate Football GM puts the power in your hands to manage and control every strategic aspect of your franchise 
en route to you trying to build a dynasty. An ultimate football GM, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing the salary cap, all of the team financials, signing players in free agency, trading players, the draft, player discipline, injuries, the ups and downs of a season, you name it, all in a realistic and challenging game world. Plus, Ultimate Football GM is free and completely playable offline, so you can play on the go whenever you want to. It's my favorite thing about the game. And right now, Locked On Dolphins listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps in the game store, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. So I've alluded to this uh, mythical list, right? And I'll, I'll sh- I'm going to share the list through three position groups. Remember, all we have done to this point is offensive tackles. We did 10 of them. And we've already openly acknowledged half of them definitively will not be on the board by the Tom Dolphin stick. I think you get five tackles in the first round, period. Which means half of that list is going to be gone. And then you have to wait a half a round. So it's tough sledding. Tight ends. We did 11 tight ends, including one late round option. Who is, um, I have a day three sleeper. Um, not in contention to go on day two. And then we did running backs, and we did 11 running backs. So we've done 32 players to this point. All tackles, tight ends, and running backs. So defense, here we come. And the objective of stacking it is to be able to identify the gaps and the tiers of the talent that's available. So if you exclude the players that we don't expect to be here, at pick 51. Here's the utopian board. Here's the short list right now of definitive, no questions asked draft this player. Darnell Washington. I think he is a quintessential fit for the Dolphins. We talked about it when we did the tight end recap and when we spotlighted Darnell Washington in, in his entirety. He is tailor-made for what Miami wants to do. He is unlike any player that the Dolphins currently have on their roster. He doesn't have to be a high-volume player in the passing game, but he can stay on the field for all three downs regardless of game situation. There will be teams that don't like Darnell Washington and their fit, his fit for their offense. But that's nonsense for the Dolphins. This is one of the best three grades that I have given out, and that is including all of the top-of-the-draft players at each of the three positions that we've talked about including B. John Robinson. Now, he grades below B. John Robinson, but he grades above, as far as being a fit for the Dolphins' offense, he grades above Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, who is generally considered to be one of the top offensive tackles, if not the top offensive tackle across all 32 teams. I think Darnell Washington is a better fit at tight end for the Dolphins than Paris Johnson Jr. would be a fit for the Dolphins at offensive tackle. Just to really drive home how impressive a 91 score is. Case in point, he got a 91 out of 100 points. It's a five-point drop from here to Jameer Gibbs. We talked about how big the divide and how many players fit within that four-point gap from Jameer Gibbs to the next five running backs on the list. Darnell Washington has a bigger gap between himself as the top option on my utopian piece big board for the Dolphins than the next best available player. Obviously, Jameer Gibbs at 86 is the second 
Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse is my top available offensive lineman that I'm expecting to be there at 51 for the Dolphins. And then you have two tight ends in Sam Laporta, who graded very well at an 85, and Michael Mayer is an 82. And predictably, that's a player that might be going off the first round anyway, but I'm not dismissing him sliding a little bit because the athletic profile is not super impressive versus some of the other tight ends. What's interesting is if you look at my pathway to drafting these guys, and I'm trying to keep congruency across all position groups as I add new players to the board. Darnell Washington's name at the top of the list, I'd trade picks for him. No questions asked. Matthew Bergeron, I would trade picks for as well. But Jameer Gibbs, I have flagged as draft at 51 if available, even though he scores higher than Matthew Bergeron. And the reason why is positional value. Think about it. Jameer Gibbs stepping in, splitting carries, particularly early in his career. When you have other quality backs on the roster who are more seasoned within the offense, how many snaps is Jameer Gibbs legitimately going to give you as a rookie as a part of a running back stable? 500, 600 snaps, maybe a little more because he can play receiver and play from the slot. Whereas if Matthew Bergeron is added to the team, Matthew Bergeron is going to be one of the best five offensive linemen on the roster. He's currently a better option at left guard or right tackle than what the Dolphins currently have. He's going to play twice as many snaps. And he plays a more premier position that's more difficult to find. So even though I put Jameer Gibbs two, and I acknowledge he scores as a marginally by fraction of a point, a better fit for the Dolphins than Matthew Bergeron, as far as a talent and scheme fit perspective, because Bergeron plays the premier position that is going to be guaranteed health willing to play the full slate of snaps, that impact for Miami outweighs the fraction of a point. So if I were to stack them, I would probably impose a positional value bonus of maybe half a point, quarter of a point, whatever, to make... And my final board will reflect that um, to be able to illustrate positional value and have Matthew Bergeron rank above. And this is an important note, too, right? Right now, I'm just kind of getting these these players in tiers within their respective groups. We talk about horizontal draft boards versus vertical draft boards, and I hope to do a horizontal board for the Dolphins players at positions of need. But a horizontal board is your columns, your vertical columns, are players within a position, and then each row across is a tier, first round grade, second round grade, and those, those are arbitrary numbers, right? Because first round grade is relative. So I say they're arbitrary numbers because like it's tier one, tier two, tier three, right? So I would have Matthew Bergeron as a tier two offensive lineman in the offensive lineman bucket. And Jameer Gibbs would be a tier two running back. And then when the Dolphins come up on the board, as players are picked, you take them off of the board. And then you can look up at this horizontal picture and it will show you, okay, just read left or right like you were reading a line on a book. Who are the names that are in the top line that have names available? Those are all players that you are considering to be equal. And then you ask yourself, okay, which of those players do we invest in? And if I'm holding Gibbs up against Bergeron, there is more of an urgency for Bergeron, even though Gibbs scored as fractionally uh, higher on tape. 
So that's the updated big board update. Flash it one more time for everybody who's on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, come on by, man. Like we have a lot of fun. Uh, try to am trying to create a more visually uh, stimulating viewing experience here on Locked On Dolphins. So through tight ends, offensive tackles, and running backs. Darnell Washington, class of his own. Jameer Gibbs, drafted 51 if available with that asterisk because of positional value. Matthew Bergeron, trade up from 51. Sam Laporta, drafted 51 if available. Michael Mayer, drafted 51 if available. That right now, predictively, considering the players who will be available at 51 based on our best prognostication. That's the list. That's the list. Five guys. And if all five guys are gone, I'm getting out of 51 as things currently stand. We'll see what defensive tackle, linebacker, and interior defensive or interior offensive linemen bring because that is next here on Locked on Dolphins. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Your team every day fins up. I appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, you can find us again on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hope to see you again soon. So hit subscribe on the podcast. Come on back. See us. And until then, peace.